Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We continue our march to preparing for the season that hopefully arrives at some point, um, even in the midst of all of this insanity. Weird day on Twitter. Not a great day, for sure. Uh, Major League Baseball seems to have shot itself in the dick to a degree. Um, what was your take on off this? The get-go, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, we don't know everything yet, and this it, it seemed weird, and then it came out like maybe the there was like a group text of between these Marlins players that said, "Yeah, we're playing." What well, is? Is that the like the chain of command? I, I mean, these are grown ass men and they're multimillionaires, but like that's not how you make decisions. That's ever, the protocol ever. <laughs> but like in a pandemic, especially like the management, the leadership for this team, it's not like we expected a lot of the Marlins this year. Derek Stevens, I think that was one of the teams he made a huge bet on to to win the World Series, like. $4,000 to win a million or something stupid. But yeah, the, I guess that's what you get from a team from Florida. Sorry, Floridians, but we're going to pick on you. Uh, that's if they, if they did decide, Hey, we tested positive. We're going to play anyway. I'm not sure what the, like the, the idea was like, were they worried about losing their paycheck for, like it was, it was never going to come out. Now we're just going to sweep it under the rug, and no one will ever find out. I think or that they, was the idea. Yeah, or it's not like this is some contender where it's like, oh man, we every game counts. We got to get one more out. Before. It's it's just an overall weird situation, and it sucks because it ended up canceling a game for another team. Who knows how this affects Philadelphia? If you're a Philadelphia fan, you have to be pissed right now. Because there's a decent chance that some players were exposed, and if you lose some players to this, that's that's a shitty way to lose some players. I mean, I guess you know uh, an injury to a player is just as random as some of the stuff, or it can be a guy taking a hard slide into it. But this feels this feels way dirtier than that. Yeah, you, you knew you were sick and you played anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not excited. I was pretty down in the dumps this morning about that, just because I thought about NFL, who have bigger rosters, bigger coaching staffs, bigger everything. Just is probably more trap, fewer games, I guess, but more travel. They're not going to be able to do this localized traveling like in or MLB has. So, I'm nervous. Hopefully, uh, it gets handled well. And people should look to golf. Golf has done so well. Yeah, no, I know. I, I honestly, I hope that there are positive takeaways for the NFL out of all this, and that they have, you know, they're getting more and more, um, you know, signs as to what is important if you're going to actually play. Um, I'm not going to overly. I'm not going to, you know, Im- imply that this is, you know, some sort of bellwether bad sign you know the nfl is screwed now like that's silly um but they certainly need to have their act together more 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 so than they currently do as far as i can tell you um but it, fe- it felt know, bad yeah it didn't didn't uh, seem uh, like a great portent that said uh we're still planning we're still prepping like it's coming um got a lot of nba work done today too uh getting ready for the nba restart that's gonna be friggin' 
awesome. Cannot wait. Um, but uh, I'm ready to talk some NFL today, and we are going to deep dive the NFC, uh, the NFC South this week. You're ready to talk NFC South. Do yeah. you have any? You have a bet on the NFC South, right? Yeah, I have some. I have some Saints to win the NFC South. Okay. Which I got at a. At, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. I got it at a bad number. It was before the Brady, <laughs> before the Brady announcement, before Gronk coming out of retirement, before everything. So I paid a, a juicier price than I would have now, but I still like that team an awful lot. Mm, well, Sucks. I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna spend the entire four hours we talk NFC South making you feel bad about that. Um, but I, I really. I still am entering this season looking for an angle to fade this Saints team some way. I just gave um, up on it. <laughs> you just gave up. Well, yeah, you, you know, just... you know what? Here, I have your angle to fade the Saints team. Sure. In the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait till burn. the playoffs. Wait till the playoffs. I see. Um, there still are major red flags about the way that team is rostered and some of their thin thin areas around the uh, you know key key areas. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're very of... susceptible, and we'll get to them tomorrow when we do it. But yeah, they're they're susceptible to like one cluster entry, and they might be a really shitty team. Yeah, and and it's a uh, um, you know there's some bad bad juju down there in New Orleans, bad voodoo on that uh, on that club. In that city, it's not look not that's not good. Um, that said, we're going to start at the bottom, and the Saints are at the top, so we won't get to them till later. We started at the bottom. Who is at the bottom of the NFC South? This is not really up for debate. No, <laughs> pretty clearly the fourth best team in pretty much every metric you could possibly come up with. And they were the fourth best team last year, weren't they? They were the Carolina Panthers. Um, Whole five, new look this five year. and eleven last whole year. Yeah. new look this year. It feels like a lifetime ago that their number one overall pick, Cam Newton, was leading this team to battle. Feels like a lifetime ago that Ron Rivera was the coach, and they, he was, uh, uh, you know, he was making his riverboat decisions about when to go for it and when not to go for it. Um, they've completely cleaned house. New, uh, new owner, new GM, Everything. new coach. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, and to a degree, um, new quarterback, new pieces that have never really existed together. Um, but on like a long horizon, plenty of reasons to be optimistic about them growing into some meaningful, uh, you know, meaningful unit. Uh, you know, I, I, I said that off the. I said that off the air. Like long term, I don't feel terrible th- about the Panthers. Sure. Like I, I think maybe yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you come off a, a long time of having your captain, your leader, got both sides of the ball. Yeah. And nothing to take away from Christian McCaffrey, who is an absolute stud, but your quarter a quarterback's still a quarterback, and that's I'm going to put him above any sort of leadership role from a running back. So, yeah, you lose Cam, you lose Keekly, and we, we've gone over this a couple of times, and I think we'll continue to, but in the COVID era of possibly 
no preseason games, possibly shortened camps, lack of rookie mini camps, lack of everything. You know, your training camps are going to be reduced. It's really going to hurt some teams. And is there a team that has had more turnover, less continuity? Then I mean, just no. The answer is no, 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 no. Like no. It's, it's not no. even close. Like the most new pieces by far. Yeah. You listed off everything, like from the top, the leadership in the front office, all the coaches, the coaching staff, yeah. new quarterbacks, new everything. In fact, eight out of the eleven defensive starter spots yeah. essentially are turning over. Which oh, that, that might be a, that might be a positive to tell you the truth. It and should then, be. Yeah, and then like we said, Cam and Keekly gone. So off a five-year, off a five-win team, I'm not super stoked for them short-term, but, yeah, I like what they did, a few things in the draft. I like how they're positioning themselves. I guess we'll find out if Joe Brady's this genius. He, I looked back a little like he before LSU. It's not like he wasn't, you know, it just – it wasn't like uh, Burrow where – Burrow went from, you know, a half-decent prospect to number one. Like Joe Brady, I guess you don't get the kind of praise you get until you go 15-0 and with a team like that and win a national championship. But he was decent in prior stops, and he, he was probably a big part of some of the success in New Orleans. I completely agree. So I'm, um, I'm more excited about him than Matt Rule, and it sounds <laughs> like Matt Rule is going to be pretty hands-off with the offense. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So I, I, I think that's a good, a good thing, probably short and long term. So let's reflect a little bit on the 2019 campaign for the for the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, it started off with a couple couple tough losses, couple coin flip losses. Um, Cam Newton was throwing the ball extremely poorly, uh, and he had a foot injury, um, and was pretty clearly uh, not himself, uh, not playing to his. Uh, MVP level or anywhere close. Uh, and at the 0-2 point, they pulled the switcheroo. Cam Newton uh, done for the time being, and they insert Kyle Allen to the starting quarterback position. Kyle Allen proceeds to win four games in a row, including some tough wins over the likes of the Houston Texans and in London against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And it looked to be like they like they had saved their season. They're 4-2. and two. <laughs> Heading into their bye. Record Kyle scratch. Allen might be an actual piece you could count on for the future. And then it went to hell out like you like you never would have seen coming out of the bye. They head to San Francisco. They lose 51 to 13. I had a bet on the Panthers that day. I own that. Um, they de- the defense truth truly. Um, like it it melted. It it imploded. It self-immolated. Um, they completely, completely, completely failed to stop the run. Luke Keekley went from, say, I don't know what, 35 to 55 over the course of like a couple of weeks. Um, and the defense down the stretch was giving up almost 40 points a game to some offenses who weren't even that good. Gave up 29 to the Redskins, who couldn't do jack last year. Gave up 42 to the Saints in the home, in the finale. Which, um, I mean, that happens. 38 to the Colts. That's, that was a better one to point yeah, out. The, the defense um, was pretty rough. It was and really, we, really, we, really, really bad. It was one of those where – does this always happen with us in the Panthers? What was it, two years ago? We were – Yeah, the same we thing. We were like 
we were like, oh, North Turner, bringing in North Turner. He's a million years old. That's a dumb idea. They're going to be so out to probably be running fullback, fullback tosses or, you know. Just, well, no, the take and, was and way North more nuanced than we were surprised, We were surprised. And then, again, last year, we really called out the defense, and they surprised us. But yeah, that's in true. the long run – in the long they run, were who we thought they were. Yeah, it did. Corn Elder, <laughs> Corn Elder yeah. was who we thought he was, and yeah. I don't think he's a starter on this team next year. <laughs> yeah, we were making fun of the secondary, and yeah, they came out, they played halfway decent for, like you said, the first handful, the first half of the season. I believe they went zero and eight. Right, it was they did. to close. Zero yes. eight down the stretch, and believe me, if the over November December, they were utterly unbettable. They they were un. Bettable. They were, they were, lines would go up. They are, hey, they're hosting uh, the Falcons week 11. They, they, you know, they're losing a little steam here. Are they going to bounce back against this Falcons team that's not great? Uh, you know, we're going to open Panthers minus uh, four. And that like got pummeled to like a pick, right? Like people were betting against this team with um, aggressively betting against this team all down the stretch. There were fair plays against. And, um, when you can't stop the run, that's kind of that's what happens. You big. really don't have much of a chance. Like we poo-poo the running game, but like if you can't get off the field because teams are gaining four or five yards attempt with right, you know, with you know a replacement level player, um, you're fucked. You, you absolutely yeah. Have. You're not going to get the ball back to even attempt to get some <laughs> Kyle Allen magic. Right. I do remember like the middle of the season where. There was a bunch of excitement about Kyle Allen in oh yeah oh yeah it was, oh everybody was adding him to the fantasy teams and boy this is this is it we're we're gonna seamlessly transition to a new quarterback and yeah that uh, that's not how they went although then no. what what they get for him when they traded I don't um, know did they get like a late round pick fifth round I felt, pick, sixth I felt, round yeah, pick? I felt like they, yeah they got something which so, seems yeah. seemed like a win for them. Yeah, and it was pretty clear after at the end of the season, like, hey, we're cleaning house, like we're starting fresh, fresh start. Uh, what do you think about the way they went about their team building? They really they tried to address quarterback and free agency. They went to the college ranks to recruit for coaching, and they drafted exclusively defensive players. To yeah. me, it kind of screams. We know we're not really going to be competitive for a little while. We're just going to take some shots here, see if we can, you know, put together a team that can grow over years. Maybe we get our quarterback in the draft next year if this free agent we picked uh, doesn't really pan out. Um, which begs the question, is Teddy Bridgewater better than, say, a bottom 10 quarterback? Yeah, he is, but not by much. He is... Oh, I'm trying to think of something, something real bland. And I love Teddy. <laughs> I liked him. He played for the Vikes, you know, really hated to see that injury. That was gruesome to begin with, but his ceiling just isn't that high. And it got masked by playing for a good team. Like when he's, when he started those games for New Orleans, he was not doing anything special. Those games, he won every start. He when he stepped in for Breeze during the injury. And those games were awful. Like they were all, they were kind of all awful to watch because they weren't doing that much on offense. The team was just 
it was just a really good team built around him. And they were, you know, when you don't have to play from behind a bunch, when you don't have to do anything spectacular, you just go out there and get to 24 points with that offense and you win. It's going to be maybe inflated a little. That, that said, I think it's a it's probably a step up from, from Allen. I think it's a, a good move, but it does have the same feel, like you said. Hey, let's not make some huge splash, which I, I like Robbie Anderson. Don't get me wrong there. He's a, he's a character. Yeah, draft a bunch of defense. Try to fill in on the defensive side on, on the cheap. Don't go too nuts. in the, I mean, outside of Teddy – and I guess Robbie Anderson, they didn't really spend a ton. Um, I'm trying to look at other other free uh, Weatherly. That's not crazy money for a uh, for an edge guy. But yeah, you you don't go nuts. You don't plan on being that middling team. We go over this over and over. You don't want to be an eight and eight team that has no chance to win a playoff game if they accidentally sneak in. Like you're fine winning four or five games again and getting another decent draft haul, maybe finding that quarterback of the future because, you know, I don't think Bridgewater, Greer, P.J. Walker is kind of it. And hopefully they're smart. I don't know. And then you got the McCaffrey thing. So whatever. Maybe they're not as smart as we thought. But I, I think going forward that that's the right call. Like you want to – you want to slowly build it. And when you have so many holes, it makes it kind of easy to draft for needs. Like yeah, you just, for sure. You, you can just, you don't have to be reaching or you know, taking bad value on a guy to draft for a need. You can really take best of L, you know, best <laughs> yeah, available right, all right, the way right. down. Right. And it's I like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, the best available guy is a safety. Good. We need a safety. And then he gets in there, oh, the best, you know, the next best available guy is DN. Oh, man, we could use some DNs. <laughs> you, just, you just keep taking the best guy on the board and slowly filling in. And it's like any of the bottom feeders we've talked about and we will talk about. When you have this many holes, you, you can only do so much in one year. So, mm. yeah, if you're, a, if you're a Panthers fan, you're, I mean, not a full-on tank, but you're rooting for another similar season where you maybe see a little bit of – flash out of a couple young guys that can hopefully take a second step in 2021 and maybe become a, a contender in the NFC South again year after this one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a longer, I think it's a longer build. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there is, there's a lot of holes, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, I guess... it depends on the free agency class and what the draft looks like next year, but. Yeah, yeah team, put teams turn around the, quick if they if they can hit on you know one or two players in a draft. Let's nail the head on Bridgewater first. Um, low ceiling, low high floor. Yeah, upgrade of Kyle Allen, sure. Um, not yeah, low ceiling. High, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly right. Like he's unlikely to make the mistake that's going to take you out of the game. Um, but he's not the kind of guy that can come back, you know, bring your team back. If you're down, I don't know, a couple scores and you're up against a defense that has, um, you know, some real NFL players, like it's, you know, he's not good enough to transcend your offense. He's not good enough to deliver, uh, you know, wins in, you know, when you're an underdog. Um, and I don't know if we even see, you know, I'm not even sure really what his 
ultimate ceiling is across the NFL landscape this season. Um, my guess is when the dust settles, we are evaluating him kind of in the lowest tier of starting quarterbacks, uh, probably in the you know, 25 to 32 range. Yeah. That's kind and of he, where I think gonna, he ends up. He's going to, and if you sit and look at the numbers, I think you're absolutely right, Drew. He's going to end up in that range. But if you sit and think about it without looking at anything, anecdotally, you're going to be like, oh, I mean, he's not in the 20s. He's probably high teens just sure. because he's he's not a guy like you're, you're not going to see one of those where he has a four pick game and just murders the team. He's not a he's not a risk taker. He's not a you know, he's not that quarterback that is going to absolutely lose you multiple games by making yeah. a bunch of bad plays but, but he's here, also not going to be the guy exactly that wins that's exactly the yeah. problem though that's exactly yeah, oh the no problem. and that's the thing for that's this team with... for a rebuild for a restart for resetting your franchise what good is it having a manager you know what good is it having a player who can't transcend you know it doesn't oh, have i think it's good that isn't high risk high reward right I guess, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's a good like tank if you, quarterback. If it's yeah, that's I guess that's kind of where I was going. Um, but I, I mean, I almost would have rather taken a chance with the Jameis Winston over Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I think uh, all know, thirty-two t- teams should have been in on him. Well, maybe not thirty-two, but at least twenty-something. Um, and Carolina may be chief among them because you don't really, you you know, it's it's not going to move the needle to where you go from. A five, six win team to an eight win team, but you don't want to do that anyway. You know, you want to, you want to bring in a quarterback. I would have guessed you would want to bring in a quarterback like Winston and just see if he has a reclamation project in him. Um, and if he does, then you don't need to draft a quarterback next year. And if he doesn't, then presumably you're at the top of the draft anyway. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is, is so low ceiling. Yeah. You know uh, what you're I, getting. You know you're getting. You're not yeah, going to get guess, surprised. Yeah, I guess if you want like a player to kind of like be a you know just like a good guy and kind of set the tone for your young players and like you know this is how you you know act as a professional in the NFL, then yeah, great job. You picked a great role model for kind of your young yeah. team. Like, sure, you are adding some hardware to the. You're probably going to get a Walter Payton Man of the Year award down there in Carolina. Sure, great That's, job. Yeah, good job on that. Yeah, but, um, but and, and that, you know, even and if and that's where the, the Robbie like, Anderson thing, like Robbie Anderson's a deep threat. Like that's kind of a, I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a good pickup, but that's not, that's, that's uh, not Bridgewater's kind of, game. Yeah. That's not Bridgewater's <laughs> game. Like, so Robbie, like, and you know, we don't get into like fantasy a ton, but Robbie Anderson's not only his fantasy stock, if you want to just play around with that, but maybe his stock as a player, I don't know what kind of deal he's on right now. If he's, multi-year down there but he he might have a shitty year because he doesn't have a quarterback who's taking risks down the field so that sucks yeah and you know the rest of the offensive weapons aren't great either outside of McCaffrey and I can we now shift to okay so you have a quarterback who's going to be in the bottom third of the NFL likely you have an offensive line who has some new new players, new new roles and responsibilities, no continuity. Um, you lost your tight end. You got to break into your tight end. Your uh, you know your previously high drafted wide receiver DJ Moore is not really producing to the level of his um, of his draft position. You sign Robbie Anderson, who doesn't necessarily fit with the skill set you have at quarterback. Um, what did you make then? 
of unloading the future of the franchise in dollar senses uh, to Christian McCaffrey. What did that's, you make of that contract? That's, and yeah, that's what stopped me dead when I was saying what all these smart moves they're making. And then as I was just, you know, scrolling over a roster and looking at the lineups, I'm like, oh, they did kind of screw up, though. Yeah, the, that kind of money long term for running back, it's not good. Against, it's never proven out to be real good, especially of late. Look at people who give big contracts to any running back it's not what you want to do you want to i guess trade a guy like that and just keep piling in new the the only i still can't do it i'm trying to make a case for it and i can't do it the only I mean, the, the only yeah. case he can make for it is he's he's kind of a wide receiver like he he is sure such a big part of the passing game that i think it's different than the, his name is escaping me for the Rams. He's on the Falcons now. Todd Gurley. Yeah, Gurley. Like, and not to say Gurley wasn't a receiving back, but man, you know Christian McCaffrey can do it all. He's. I guess we said the same thing about Le'Veon Bell at one point in his career. That's <laughs> so true. I don't. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's there. There's no way to justify it. I don't. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Apparently, teams haven't quite caught on to that part of the. Using analytics or well, using I think your what, I think what it's I think what casting. it speaks to is the uh, the owner and the GM are just inexperienced. Like they're making rookie mistakes. Yeah, like, that's fair. You know, they're putting their fingerprints on the franchise. Like they're mixing it up. They're making decisions. This is the first time they've had these responsibilities, and they're screwing some stuff up. Um, I would say McCaffrey at least he has game breaking athleticism, which is not the same thing you can say about all of the running backs who have been given big time money off their rookie contracts. Um, so at least there's that you're right. At least he is a huge part of your passing game. Um, his receiving skills specifically do pair well with your quarterback. <laughs> you know, that's actually, that's I, I kind of your ideal target for Bridgewater, I guess. Um, but you know, we saw last year he was, um, he was huge for them early. He was very, very productive but it did feel like there was a pretty clear wear and tear on how much of the offensive load he was asked to carry. Uh, and it's tough, tough to do that with a guy like, uh, you know, McCaffrey, who's kind of a small, smallish running back, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, give him the same, you know, kind of touches that they were over the course of a 16 game season and not expect him not to break down at some point, which then brings entirely back into question. Well, why are you giving him, uh, you know, the kind of money you're giving them. So it's, it was a tough decision for them to make. And I guess if it did anything, it communicated to like the young players on this team, like, Hey, if you are good, if you are, if you do well, if you do your job, like we will reward you, you know, like we're going to create a culture here where we're not like, you know, just like savagely, using you up, using you up in your prime and then you you know like throwing you into the scrap heap when you know we, we, we don't feel like paying you you know like, like like i can get there's an argument for having that kind of a culture um and you know you need to sell jerseys and tickets and you know keep the fan base at least somewhat happy i suppose and this yeah you accomplishes take the- that i guess right can take the Cincinnati approach and approach it as a business. Yeah, right, right, right. Although I don't know, having like having a successful team 
really, really pumps up a fan base, and you can keep that fan base. Yeah. But like, just look at what With Seattle's, cats, yeah, Patriots, well, Seattle's Patriots. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the Patriots and Seahawks kind of had rough nineties, and I, I guess late in the nineties uh, is kind of when the Patriots took off. But there, there's some bad stretches, and all it takes is a few years of being a high-end contender and you've you've built this fan base that's going to be pretty loyal for yeah, a while so. sticking with you through that, and that's, yeah that's how you sell that's how you sell merchandise tickets and keep the state i was gonna say keep the stadium full that's not really <laughs> keep the uh keep the stadium full of cardboard cutout fans yeah um, and it's like we we got to talking about when you're we talking about the bears you know you got to put yourself in the shoes of the people making the decisions and not everybody not everybody is going to make the decisions for the best of maybe what you as a fan would like to see the team doing. It is still a, a business and it ain't, you know, it ain't your little sister's lemonade stand. There's a shitload of money flying around. So sometimes they're not always thinking about winning that Super Bowl. True. It's true. Um, okay. Well, I don't think we, I think we're on a, basically the same page then. Um, Major holes uh, with the pass defense. Um, major questions about how they're going to generate a pass rush. Um, they, at least they've, you know, the, some of the investments they've made should help them stop the run. Um, but teams are still going to score on these guys. And they happen to be in a division where um, you have three of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, which is not great if you have a pass defense that is suspect. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, which means they're going to be behind in a lot of games. Uh, and we're going to learn a lot about, you know, the, how good Matt rule is as a coach, how good Joe Brady is as a coordinator. Uh, if they can get uh, actually manifest something with Teddy Bridgewater, at quarterback, um, this is the kind of team that I would peg for, I don't know, 23 ish points a game. Not, you know, not, 27 28 which is what you have to be to be competitive in the nfc south um and maybe i'm even being a little bit uh a little bit generous you know i there i have questions about this offensive line i have questions about the weapons outside of mccaffrey um and you know it's it's and it's especially going to be tough for them early uh they don't have an especially tough schedule um but the fact that they have had no prep uh, for the season and they're inst- in, you know, instituting an entirely new system with so many new parts, I think spells an enormous amount of trouble for them out of the gate. Um, I really, really, really do not understand that week one line hosting the Raiders. Um, yeah. The Raiders are kind of a borderline competitive team for that wild card. I feel in the AFC um, and you have, you know, in a neutral week in the middle of the season on the road in Carolina, in a bad time spot and a tough travel spot, maybe I understand, um, you know, making the Raiders a short favorite. Um, but they are a much more complete team than these Panthers, especially out of the gate like this, with uh, whatever we're going to, whatever some, you know, sad state of affairs we get for a, um, you know, for a preseason here. So, is there a consensus we are firing Raiders week one? Or do you think it's Yeah, I mean, we've talked about time? this a bit. And, well, and, you know, we talked about 
of all the teams, this hurts and helps. You know, we keep saying, well, everything helps Kansas City because of the continuity. And I haven't got a chance to really dive into the Vegas Raiders a ton yet, but they have a shitload more continuity than Carolina. They're not going to be as hurt by this. Coming in, yeah, like we said, from top to bottom, new everything, new coaches. And if we don't have much of an offseason, it's going to be kind of a tricky start to see. I mean, just imagine just putting together a new roster, like what that first practice has got to look like. You know, it's going to be a little messy. and It's it's, it's going to be real messy. Yeah, this is going to roll over into the first couple of weeks. Like, yeah, Tampa, all this Tampa, youth. All this Tampa youth. Chargers roll, like where they go away, away there. It could be a pretty messy one, two, three as they try to get their feet under them. Yeah. I mean, if I'm baking a bet on the Panthers before week uh, 10, I'll be surprised. <laughs> this is maybe I'll bet them week six to to be competitive against the Bears if if the market overreacts to the two notes. Yeah. That, you know, they're, they're, they're laying 10 points at home or something. Yeah. Um, they but, might, there might be some wild overreaction if they really, really shit the bet early. Because it it will cut you know it will come together everybody's going to but some of those teams and that's something interesting as we're kind of just spitballing here this happens from time to time where I get an idea during a recording but you wonder about that teams like if you could put a continuity score to a team and kind of look at you know how long it takes some of those teams to adjust to adjust to that and you see their you see their power number move throughout the season like even that's not really our power numbers conceptually yeah not our power numbers but like take the power numbers based on you know just the lines up for the week comparing them to other teams and kind of back test it and see you know if this team had a you know a very low level of continuity a lot of new pieces kind of watch how that manifests through the first half of the season because I yeah. think there's a there's a point where everybody says, "Oh, this team stinks," and it's because they're still getting to you know get all the pieces together and get it figured out. And then they're even if it's not a true overreaction, even if it's just the you know the right amount of reaction, the team is improving while they're being downgraded. So you got one one thing moving in one direction and another thing moving in the other, and you probably can find some value on some teams like that. And you, but like you said, you got to pick your spots. You got to you probably have a plus spot on the schedule. Like uh, I guess Chicago's coming off Thursday night football. Boy, I'm not seeing a ton of plus spots. They have extra rest for the game where they go to Kansas City. Fucking rough. Where, yeah, where do they have a plus spot? I guess Denver, they're going to come off the bye. Denver is on the second week of a back to back and they get <laughs> that's that's I guess that's good. That's a bye. This, yeah, yeah, guess what? Hey, oh, by the way, you have a super new young team and you have a lot of moving parts to figure out on the fly. We're going to do you a solid and we're going to give you a bye week 13. <laughs> the latest <laughs> bye possible. Yeah, you're the latest bye possible. Congr- you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, that, that is no, their only so, advantage spot on the schedule outside of they get a little extra rest prepare to go to Arrowhead, which is, yes. I mean, that's kind of negated by the fact that they're going to be like, what, 13 point dogs. I haven't looked at what that is right now. I will look uh, it up 14. for you in a sec. 14 point dogs. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, yeah, no. So they are, I mean, th- this is going to be, um, this is going to be a long season for Panthers. Uh, there are not a lot of, not a, nothing positive really to say about expecting them to do well at the gate. Um, that's week one uh, Raiders minus one and a half is still available at minus one Oh four. Um, I would say that likely if assuming week one gets played norm as normal, right. Um, that's going to close at like Raiders minus three, I would guess. Um, so get it before it gets, you know, into the range where you're worried about, you know, losing the hook, I guess. Um, and you know, I, I really, you know, I, I really don't see, um, what miracle transpires to that this team comes together so quickly without any reps. I just don't see it. And it's not, yeah, that, the line that's, right it's now. like out of a, that's, that's a movie. Like that's what happens in the feel good movie, like air Bud. Yeah. Right. Sure. Air wide, Bud. <laughs> wide retriever or whatever the, the football one yeah. is like, yeah. Team teams with this much turnover don't suddenly just get it, especially with a, a middling quarterback game manager and some suspect weapons outside of their all world running back. Who's eating up a bunch of salary cap at this 64 million. There it is. I had to look that up quick. Yeah, that won't, that won't backfire. I'm just trading to the jets, get the jets to eat his contract. That'll work. <laughs> uh, the jets might have a new, uh, a new philosophy that might be good. Uh, who knows? Fire um, yeah. So realistically, Panthers may present value if there's a massive overreaction through four weeks. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot of reps and a lot of playing together before we see this team look like a NFL, you know, a true competitor. Um, Second half under team. Uh, I want to make a, sm- a small case not bad look. for them it's as a second-half under team if you have an offense that isn't going to be a quick-strike offense when you're down a bunch and you have a uh, defense who can't that stop the run again. Look. You are going to have long drives on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I think second-half under team for me, I kind of have that penciled in. Is I have a few of those. And, yeah, they, they – I kind of now I'm curious. I kind of want to go look back at what their second half looks like. I mean, their defense was so atrocious at times that I'm not sure I want to see how many points they gave up. Maybe second half team total unders or something, but definitely, definitely have that circled in my little little notebook. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I just know that the projected score, if you look at the line in total for that week one game is 24, 23 Raiders. And I don't know how the hell the Carolina Panthers are getting to 23. First time they ever take the field with a brand new system with all these new pieces. I just don't see it. Um, I, I guess. Um, do you think that there is an angle to attack uh, Christian McCaffrey yards under at some point? Like, is there a point where they put him on ice because they don't want to spoil their investment um, because the season's over and they're positioning for draft capital? Like, Presumably, the race for the number one overall pick is Panthers, Jags, and who am I forgetting? Uh, maybe Giants, Jets, these guys. Giants, Jets. I think Jets. the Bengals. The Bengals schedule so Bengals. rough that they might. Yeah. They might. Uh, 
pull a Browns, get another number one overall. There could be some real bad teams and they could be incentivized to lose down the stretch, I guess. Um, yes. Do you think they pull? Do, do we see them put McCaffrey on ice? I made a case for this. I, was I talking to you? Did you just set me up because you know I said this to you? I can't remember who I told. I did. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, I'm losing my memory. <laughs> Honestly, my brain, I drank a ton of tequila yeah, on Sunday. Tequila will do that to you. Oh, my goodness. It caught up to me. But, yes, I did make a case for that. I just I don't think it's the kind of uh, year where he's going to be running that much. And it, the rushing yards was like 1,200. Like he he clearly eclipsed that last year, but that's a whole different kind of team. And yeah, if they are behind a lot again, you're not going to be running the ball. I think he's going to be, you know, obviously a big weapon in the passing game, but still, but yeah, what's the point of running him 20 times a game when you're like two and 12 towards the end of the year? Right. I don't think, and not only that, but I don't think his contract had much for incentives it's not like oh we need to get him to 1400 yards so he can hit we, we'd feel bad we want him to get these incentives Fuck, he's getting paid either way he's got a big old like i think it's 16 million for this year so big i don't I, yeah if if i'm paying a guy that and i'm looking bad down the stretch it's it's cameron what's it is it curtis or cameron curtis artist pain cameron Cameron, Cameron artist Pain. Yeah, the, art, think... the artist formerly known as Cameron Cap. Artist. Yep, C-A-P time, C to the A to the dash to the P. So, yeah, I'd be looking at that. I think he probably ends up somewhere in the 11, 1150. Yeah, okay. That seems fair. I'm, I'm um, taking it under. What, um, I guess, you know, two kind of closing thoughts here. Um, if there's probably some value on – Panthers finish fourth in the NFC South at minus two fifty five. I don't have the numbers in front of me about what my price is on that, but I would have said it was about an eighty percent chance. So uh, minus two fifty five might be a fun little parlay leg if you're going to build one of those monster, um, you know, divisional finishing kind of uh, parlays. Yeah, that's um, only an implied seventy two percent. So okay, it does I, I feel like bit, eight, yeah. 80, 85 kind of yeah. I mean, what's what's the case for? I don't think they have a long tail towards the high. I think no. if they don't finish fourth, it's because another team flounders hard. And man, even if things go wrong for you know, it's, we're going to talk tomorrow about the Saints maybe having some depth issues, and we're going to talk about the Falcons here in a few minutes, and you know, who knows what happens in Tampa Bay. But I don't mm-hmm. think any of those teams has like a super long, long, long tail that ends up with like a four win season. No, I agree with you. Um, I would, I would, I, yeah, I have a very tough time making a case that anyone else finishes fourth. I mean, if Matt Ryan breaks his leg week one, I don't know. And, uh, you know, they, they now have the fourth best quarterback in the division. Maybe you win those two. Um, you know, you, maybe you win those two uh, head to heads. Um, cause Matt Schaub didn't get you uh, backup wins at this point in his career. Um, Carolina, if you wanted to bet their season win total under it opened at six and a half. Did you know that? I do know. <laughs> Did you know if you bet the under at that time, you would have made a very good bet. Yeah. Because under six and a half went from minus minus one ten to minus minus one seventy six. 
so people did line up fast and furiously and pounded that under. Um, even under six now is minus 134. Uh, I cannot make a strong case for under four and a half, which is the biggest alt I'm looking at, uh, at plus 179. Um, things can get a little wonky and weird when you're at the very bottom like this. Yeah, and there, um, there are so many coin flips. I mean, just like yeah. we do like the Raiders, but Raiders, Cardinals, Bears, Falcons, Lions, Broncos, Washington football team. Like yeah. all those are right in that coin flip territory. And yeah, you're going to, you're going to probably have some like four, four and a half is a little low for me too. I agree with you there. Um, yeah. You just need to go back in time and bet under six and a half when it was minus minus one ten, not minus one seventy six, Cause that is time. Um, okay. That's about all I got for the Panthers. I mean, I don't, I'm probably going to forget this team is even playing. I don't even know how many games I'm going to bet other than fading them out of the gate. Um, I guess you know, I'm curious to see what Matt Is that a deep dive consensus early bet lock? Are we betting the Raiders at any I'm definitely, price? I am any definitely price. I know. The, no, the more no, we, but I'm kidding. The, I'm but getting the more it now we before it, it gets to three. I do. I legitimately yeah, no, it, That might no. close on the other side of three. I think it's possible. I do. I think it's possible. Uh, of all of the numbers on the board right now for week one, the one that has the highest likelihood of moving off of a key onto and potentially off of a key number is that one. For sure. I could see, um, you know, I could see Green Bay plus three and a half might disappear. Um, that could come back to three at a couple of shops. It, and it does suck that nobody's going to let us sell sell points at this point yet i don't yeah think but that's okay. no uh, times heritage yeah. nitrogen, nitrogen, nitrogen maybe i'll give you nitrogen will give you uh whatever price you want on uh on oh yeah oakland okay. minus two and a half i bet I you it's gonna probably like plus poke, one ten ish poke around a little yeah but yeah no i think it's worth that that, that one's that one's gonna move i'm i'm i would say i'm we're in we know. just made a bet on air nice 90 percent confidence that the that that is going to steam in the direction of the raiders this week um, one card is starting to come together it is it is i'm gonna have a handful of bets i'm excited i am um, so excited yeah the let's move to uh the falcons the the falcons the millennium Home falcons. Of the cdc atlanta oh cdc still thing i thought they got canceled everybody got canceled no? oh um yeah, Falcons are going to be playing in that beautiful new Mercedes-Benz Stadium with no fans this year, likely. Um, does that change their home field advantage? Probably. Um, but they're still a team that's built for the dome. And I got to tell you, I'm going to need some careful guidance through this segment to keep me from getting a little over my skis on Falcons enthusiasm. It's never good to be super into this team because they have some characteristics that will burn you. Um, but I feel like we saw something down the stretch with the way the defense was coordinated after they made the change at the buy that would tell us, inc- including the additions they made through free agency in the draft, that this defense is not your, not your grandpappy's Falcons defense. That's going to give up 40 points. I think we are looking at a stronger unit than we have seen in recent years. And the other reason I'm kind of 
bullish on these guys is all of their tough games are late in the season. The one, two, three, four, five toughest games in their schedule all come after the bye. They have a Boy. relatively soft launch ramp. What a to... weird backloaded schedule. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How weird is this? Yeah. The both New both Orleans Saints. games are on the both other bus. side of it. Kansas at Chargers, yeah. at Kansas City. Both Tampa games, too. Yeah. They, I Tampa, mean, if, if you're projecting Kansas City, out... Tampa sandwich, you got a Raiders Saints sandwich. Two weird sandwiches. God, going, going at Chargers... Home Tampa at KC at Tampa, yuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four, three, three of three of the last four are on the road. Um, the Falcons have zero chance at the playoffs if they don't get a home. You know, if they don't win the South, which is going to be extremely tough for them. Uh, so this is not a team I'm trying to take long. You know, big, you know, high price futures on. Like they're dead once they get to the playoffs as a wild card. But I think they can compete for the wild card. I think this is a nine win team most likely. Uh, and I think they have upside based on some of the strength that they have on offense relative to some of these softish pass defenses. They're going to go up against um, the Falcons are what, what would, would you say the buzzes around this team? Like people have kind of well, given it's up. The, on them. It's the Quinn thing. We thought, uh, I mean, was it the buy where they made the change or everyone's like, Oh, He's done. Like, there's yeah, no. I thought there's I, no I, way. And I then, was pretty. I was pretty sure he was going to be fired at least six times last year. Well, and yeah, and then at the, I think it was at the bye when they made the change, and I guess they did fire him as a defensive coordinator. They said, <laughs> "Yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're going to let other people call the defense." And the team was better for it, especially on the defensive side, where they had two different guys kind of working towards that. So maybe he just had a little too much on his plate. You know, we're, we're not seeing – obviously, we haven't seen the offense that we saw take him to a Super Bowl since Shanny left. But yeah, at the, at the same time, they still have some decent pieces. They still have some, you know, some very nice offensive pieces. We've got a little Quan Treadwell signed down there. What are we doing with that? But um, <laughs> just from a, your two outside receivers – it's awful hard to do a ton better. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a deal. Maybe in, even in the in the division, there's a couple decent. God, again, NFC South is wide receiver duo central. I mean, just New Orleans and Tampa also. So, I mean, even within the division, maybe they're maybe I misspoke, but still, Julio and Ridley studs. I don't know if we want to say anything nice about Laquan Treadwell. No. I'm not super excited about. Todd Gurley being signed, but maybe maybe he can pick it up a little. And I guess no, I'm not going to do it. I don't I keep even know if Todd Gurley's going to play. No, he, he he still has the he's still carrying enough injuries where it, it might have just been a well. Let's kick the tires on this and see what happens. Like I think any replacement level player can fill in for him just as well. But uh, offensive line. What do we have for continuity? Man, this unit is the real confounding piece of the entire puzzle, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it's there's a lot of first-round talent. In fact, I think almost all of those guys might have been first-round picks. Yeah, at McGarry, some point. 
late, maybe the late first round, but I think a lot of those guys were first round picks. They underperformed last year significantly. And that was kind of a huge part of why the Falcons never really got off the ground. Um, the Falcons 27, 2019 season, um, you know, I was bullish on them competing against the Vikings on the road week one. They got their uh, their, their defense looked terrible. Their, they got their they got their uh, they got their asses kicked in that game. Final score the was like twenty eight to twelve. Yeah, I they, was so disgusted at that offense. Smoked. Yeah, they got smoked. And the big problem with that offense in that game, and really why they didn't even realize any you know any effect they they didn't they scored twenty four in their second game against Philly and twenty four against the Colts. Like they really struggled out of the gate, and a lot of it was on the head of the. Offensive line. They didn't afford Matt Ryan time. Matt Ryan time, uh, and he never got into a comfortable rhythm. He never developed any uh, kind of, you know, any com- any. He never developed anything in the Dirk Cutter offense. And Dirk Cutter, eh, not my guy. He's not. He's not my cup of tea as far as an offensive coordinator goes. He may have been an upgrade over Steve Sarkeesian, but he's definitely not my guy. Um, so that begs the question then: uh, if they are. If yeah, I mean, it was continuity. a career career high for number of times sacked last year. Not only a, just number, but also percentage of dropbacks. He had a good season stat wise, but yeah, he got hit a ton. And how old is he? Uh, Matt Ryan is getting up there. He was like thirty five, eight class, class of 08. I think he was. He he's thirty five. Yeah, he's thirty five. Yes. Yeah, thirty five. You know what his, so, his wife's name is. Uh, I know they have three kids, right? Didn't they have the 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 three the balloon for number three? And somebody made the twenty eight to three uh, with the mylar balloons. Oh yeah, yeah, no. But his wife's name is his wife's name is Sarah Marshall, like the movie. Sarah Marshall? You're kidding? Yeah, how about that? Um, I'm just on his Wikipedia page having some fun. (laughs) Yeah, he he got hit a shitload last year as a 34 year old. These are all first round guys. These guys, the offensive line, they're all t- they're talented players. They're talented offensive line. They should be better. Uh, will they be better? We don't know. Um, I would expect that with a little continuity that we do see a better performance out of this unit than we saw last year. And that really could be the catalyst that they need because Matt Ryan still has the um, – he still has the goods as a quarterback to be, you know, to end the season. I think we're talking about him as a top 10. I think there's – a lack of like clear, obvious, good quarterbacks across the league right now. And Matt Ryan might be one of the guys you can just count on to be in the top, t- up, you know, the top 10 once the season's over. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, for sure. The, uh, like you said, he still has pieces around him, a little more continuity from the offensive line. Maybe he doesn't get sacked 48 times. He's thrown, he did throw for like 4,000 yards. Yeah, here it is 4,000 yards or more. Nine straight years. He, if wow. nothing else, he's he's pretty consistent. He had a five thousand year with a with an MVP. Like he's yeah. a he's a good player that kind of gets he gets. Well, when your defense plays like shit, you have a bunch of injuries on the defensive side two years in a row, and you your offensive line plays poorly, and just the team in general is doing that. And you're having you're having strife within the organization based on the coaching and what they're doing with that you're not going to get put in the conversation with all these elite quarterbacks, even when you're putting up 4,000 yards. So maybe, maybe yeah. we're a little sleepy on him. 
Yeah, I think he's a good. I think I do think he is still a good. I think he's a top ten passer, really. What it comes down to, and you combine that with the fact that he has two uh, absolutely outstanding wide receivers, and this is an offense that's going to be able to come back in games. They're going to be able to score points, which means the entire question of, um, you know, okay, because I guess when I look up and down their schedule last year, it took a long time for this offense to take off, to get off the ground. They really didn't have chemistry. They didn't look good until. I guess about week, I would say week six against the Cardinals. I thought they played well. They scored 32 against the Texans, but they had, they were like, you know, the Texans scored in like five seconds every time they had the ball. So the Falcons had a ton of chances in that one. Um, they did well against the Cardinals, I thought, scoring 34 in that loss. Uh, and then uh, they got stomped by the Rams and the Seahawks kind of gave them, the, you know, gave uh, Dan Quinn, uh, you know, we're a mercy rule. We're not going to get you fired uh, before the bye. Um, but then after the bye, I thought the offense played a hell of a lot better. They got some, they had some good looks. They had some chemistry. They started playing well. Um, and the big story was the defense. The defense completely turned on, on its heels uh, coming out of that bye week, a unit that could not tackle, that could not cover. Like some of the coverage, blown coverages by this Falcons defense through the first half of the season were like peewee football shit. Like literal, like holy crap anyone who's playing quarterback be the worst quarterback in the league. He's going to see the breakdown in coverage and the wide open guy running 25 yards down the field that he can hit for, you know, 70 yard touchdown. Like that, those were common plays uh, against the Falcons defense throughout the first half of the season. And then those plays just didn't materialize over the second half. So they fixed something one in seven to seven to nine, like they fixed something and they were in every game. They were competing hard. They didn't quit on their coach for what it's worth. So I do think there is some merit that this team is being a little bit slept on as we head into 20, uh, 2020. Yeah, uh, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of the issues they had over the past two years was just losing really key defensive players at really poor times. They just was it Neil who got hurt two years in a row and I mean, yeah Neil and Jones was, were yeah, the, when those guys were out of the lineup the defense was so 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 bad they could not coach up guys to fill up their villain absence and they were a completely useless pass defense for most of the first half of the season they get those guys back for what it's worth coming yeah. off of injury like those are additions so additions also in the form of Dante Fowler who I think is a spectacular pass rusher additions in the form of um, a number of draft choices who have meaningful uh, you know meaningful contributions potentially especially you know Marlon Davidson Davidson was a nice player I'm surprised he slid to them in round two AJ Terrell was a good cornerback he you know young cornerback so maybe he doesn't make a immediate impact um but they did a really nice job of kind of reshaping some of the personnel on defense on top of the fact that whatever raheem morris did and after their uh you know after their shakeup of roles and responsibilities it worked it worked period yeah. they held the saints three points or something right nine points coming out of the bye. like that was a great performance by them they they uh they did well uh shutting down the 49ers in week 15 an upset win on the road against the well, yeah. world beating Niners. You forgot about that, right? That was a, yeah, that was a fun game. the Niners to 22. Who would have thought? Uh, they, uh, oh, you know. Skins did it better. Well, <laughs> they helped the Niners tonight. Um, and I guess, yeah, Ter- Terrell is, they're saying he'll start. But, again, whenever you're looking at that, when you're looking at rookies this season, even the ones who are projected to start, you wonder if their playing time will be a little lighter than it would normally be just because of the lack of prep. 
that you're going to have with the team as a rookie. So it might be more of a, a role player to start with. But, I mean, if you spend that draft capital on him, I guess you do want him to start the first year. You do. Yeah, you do. You want Maybe. him to grow into his role for sure. Yeah. So this, I mean, once it's all said and done, do you think we see kind of a, a, a new look Falcons that maybe their offense isn't quite as prolific as their peak when Shanahan was calling the plays, um, but, uh, but their defense isn't quite as bad as their low. Uh, and these, you know, this, is, this should be a competitive team. If they have a little bit of a pass rush, that really changes the complexion of how good this team can be because that means protecting a lead becomes that much more likely, right? With no pass rush and huge you know, holes on, in your pass defense, anyone and everyone could come back on you last year. Like it was, it was absolutely ridiculous how, how ineffectual they were at holding a lead last year. Impossible. This year, you've got a much, uh, much higher likelihood, I think. And combine that with the fact that, again, you are – getting a relatively easy takeoff here. Um, I mean, obviously Seattle and Dallas first two games aren't quote unquote easy at green Bay is not quote unquote easy. Um, but these should be coin flip type of games where if you can somehow, you know, if you can get a lead and somehow, uh, you know, keep these, uh, these teams under 30, you should be able to, uh, get a little momentum between week one and week nine. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the opposite of what we said. You brought up a good point. When you're a when you're a bad team offensively, or you're when you're a bad team that's going to be losing games, and you can't stop the run, that's going to be that's going to make things a lot harder for you. But if you're like a middling to maybe above average team who can't rush the passer, you're gonna you're gonna have just as much trouble because you can't. You can't stop teams from coming back. Like yeah. When you are leading, teams will be passing. And if you don't have a pass rush, you're going to see leads evaporate time after time. And you're going to end up right in the middle of the pack again when all it takes is just a little, a little extra, a little, one more pass rusher, one more, you know, and some of it comes to, down to scheme. Maybe, and maybe that's the difference we're seeing when they did fire Quinn as a defensive coordinator and you were able to bring in somebody else, a, a couple guys to kind of handle those defensive play calling duties. If you can scheme a pass rush with or coach up the guys that you already have, get a little more out of them, you're going to be able to hold on to those leads. And you do that, it's a short season. It might be even shorter. There's still a possibility we're looking at it like a 14 game season. Like one or two games where you can get a, you can get a, an effective pass rush in the fourth quarter and hold on to a lead in a coin flip game. That's the difference between having a shitty draft pick in the middle of the draft and getting to the playoffs, winning a game or two, keeping Dan Quinn's job for three more years. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the right way to attack them? If there's some cautious optimism regarding Atlanta. The, well, like, like you said, the total has been the bet schedule down. so rough the, at the end, man. It is. It is. It is. Like I'm just so, staying away. Okay, so they were they opened up as an eight win team. Um, it's been bet down from minus one ten to minus one forty two. Okay, so there's a, there's action toward to the under here. Um, if you're willing to take over eight and a half, you can get plus one. Now, over eight is plus one twenty two. 
over eight and a half plus 159 over nine plus 236 over nine and a half plus 276 is there a path to 10 wins for the falcons what do they have to do to get to 10 do they need one win over the bucks and saints a pop do they need uh you know do they need a breeze injury a brady injury that turns those end of season games into advantage spots what do you, what what has to happen for the falcons to get to 10 uh, it's really hard to go out. I, like I'm not. I don't want to take such an easy answer and be like, "Yeah, Brady and Breeze both break their legs." You know, that's, <laughs> that's that would help quite a bit. But yeah, if yeah, and I think we're kind of in agreement on that too. We're neither of us are super jazzed about Monk and I don't know. Maybe I have to look at or Cutter rather. I, I'm mixing up the guys I don't like as offensive coordinators who we did like at one point, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not jazzed about the offensive play calling. Maybe that'll be different if they're in a little bit of a different situation, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be probably something on the defensive side that has to surprise. Like the pass rush has to be a little bit better. Uh, uh, AJ Terrell, Terrell, is it Terrell or Terrell? I never know if I'm doing that one, right? Uh, I think it's Terrell. I'm going to go with Terrell. He surprises, you know, a couple of these rookies, a couple of these people you brought in. Fowler really meshes nicely and plays well. Like If you can have a few spots on the defense that take it from, you know, a, a lower success rate defense, a lower up into the mid to maybe low teens, if the defense can play a little bit better, you know, consistently, not just part of the season. Maybe we'll see some bleed over from where they were at the second half of the season after they made the coach change. Just, I think that's been the problem for the past two years. And a lot of it was injuries and maybe coaching after the injuries because I guess Quinn maybe just had too much on his plate. Being a head coach and trying to call the defense might have been a little too much for a guy who I don't love him either, but I am as much as I'm going to rag on this coaching staff, I'm kind of bullish on this team as well. But yeah, a couple of things you're going to have to hit on defense, like Terrell and Fowler really add to the mix. Well, and getting everyone back from injury, it just catapults them to like, you know, the 10th best defense in the league. And they're able to hold on to leads and win games with that passing offense. And I suppose like the, the offensive line is going to have to play better. You can't get them sacked 50 times and expect to win nine, 10 games against a schedule. Cause it yeah. is, it is, you know, there's, there's some easy spots in the middle, but it's challenging to start and it's very challenging at the end, but yeah, yeah. you, you got to win these home games against Detroit, Chicago, Denver, Vegas, and there's boy, there are away games. Dallas is expected to be a playoff team. Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, Kansas City were all playoff teams. Those are away games. And then Tampa Bay just added, you know, Brady Gronk and everything else. Their their road games are very tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they end up winning. You know, let's say you win six out of eight at home, maybe. You got to find three or four wins on the road. Woof. 
yeah, it's a, it's a tough schedule. I'm not so sure I want to buy into it as far as putting my money. I think the eight, eight and a half is probably right where it needs to be. Just okay. because, like I said, I'd have to be surprised by something. And I, maybe a couple things. Like the offensive line and the defense would have to take a step forward for them to get to nine, ten wins. And I don't feel strongly enough about that happening to put money down on it with this schedule. So yep, yep, yep. I'm just okay. going to probably watch the Falcons. And if if the market over or underreacts to something, I could be in the market to bet on them game to game, but nothing long-term for me. Mm, okay. Um, you, what do you think that uh, Atlanta-Dallas line? I haven't looked Dallas, at it. That uh, week two game, Atlanta heads to Dallas. They are seven-point favorites. And the total is 50. Are there seven points that separate Dallas and Atlanta? That may be a little too much. I probably would like that more if it was a six. <laughs> like looking at my numbers right now. I it got de- and it, de- it depends how you feel about home field. Like everybody's. Sure. Everybody's number, like if somebody thinks home field is zero, all those numbers are going to look off for the home teams. You're going to bet every road game, but I'm uh, I'm still on the fence, and I guess I'm still I'm still on the side of the fence and think home field stays as high as it was last year, which wasn't all that high. It doesn't mm-hmm. get any worse. So yeah, on a neutral, Dallas minus three and a half. Minus four, somewhere in there. So, yeah, I think it should be Dallas minus six. I'm not mm. running to lay the seven or take the seven, though, without oh, really? watching them. Yeah, uh, see, because I, I, I mean, mean there's a point, and it's just, a key number, yes. Yeah, I think, and, it, yeah. I think, um, because I think Atlanta, I mean, that, that game screams, and this, there's a bunch of games like that, that scream this on the Atlanta schedule and Dallas schedule, too, for that matter, where a team with the ball ass is going to win that one. Like, that's going to be a shootout, a 50 point total. Um, you know, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, small things in execution one way or another here. And, uh, you know, touchdown is, is too big of a number because those teams are pretty similar, I think, um, in terms of overall strength. So, um, not a huge, not a huge distance between Dak and, and, uh, and Matt Ryan, in my opinion, as far as quarterbacks go, especially. Um, so that'll be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that Dallas, Dallas Atlanta. I'm looking forward to Seattle Atlanta to kick off the season too. That one will be good. Um, See if we can, uh, you know, see if karma comes back to uh, to bite uh, Pete Carroll in the ass after he uh, he took it easy on his old buddy Dan Quinn last year, keep him from getting fired. I love that one. That was like kind of an out there conspiracy theory, and then you went and it it did feel like it happened. I was <laughs> yeah. almost mad that it happened. Yeah, so like that's yeah. not the sort of thing that should actually happen, and it did. So one of the many games where Seattle won by one score and it could have been five. Um, okay. Well, let's wrap up here. I don't have a strong bet. I guess that you kind of pointed out some key things that talked me out of trying to get frisky on an Atlanta alt over alt overs have to be pretty high confidence really anyway, yeah. just because of the way that the have you, have you seen saying. a Todd Gurley like yardage number I'd take it under on that. If, if they said anything, Oh, let's find that. Oh, let's find that. Let's find that. Do you think there's We're putting one out that there? on the record? Oh, I bet you there is. Um, I mean, he's going to get a shitload of carries if he plays, but there's a damn decent chance he doesn't. Um, I guess the question is, does he have to be 
on the field. I think he just has for it to, to be to count. I think, yeah, I, I would think he'd have to play the first uh, the first game or something. He would have to play the first game. I think there's well, a like he has to play, play during the season. Yeah, like that that is an issue. There's a there's a where is it on Bet Online? I'm not finding it. I don't see it there. Um, yep, I'll check. His rushing other yardage is eight twenty five and a half. <laughs> that was a funny reaction. Is there a decimal point in there? Where did you find that nitro or what? I uh, know Bovada has it. Uh, yeah. oh, Under really? is minus one ten. Over is minus one twenty. Well, uh, juice to the over on the girly rushing yardage pro. Put me down. Oh my god, the Mets are just crushing Boston. Yeah, is it ten nothing yet? Did that overcash yet? No, it's seven nothing top four. But uh, <laughs> the Mets team total was five and a half tonight, and I they'd only that, yeah. and they'd only scored three. They'd only scored five runs all season in their first three games. <laughs> so that's what the books think of your of your pitching staff. The Red Boston. Sox pitching process. Red Sox pitching is is a is a it's what we like it's in the problem. biz. So it's like it's what we like to call a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am enjoying. Like, I don't bet a ton of baseball, but I am in fully enjoying all these sports coming back. We're about to have a just a sports bukkake. Yeah, it's true. Everything. Oh my god, NBA in like three days, and I don't even know when NHL starts. I I don't really follow it, but I'll watch hockey. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, hockey. So very god, exciting you know times. Yeah, how no, old, yeah. Let's let's take the bet. How old is that? Thousand. <laughs> He's twenty. Turns twenty six. August third. All right. A lot so it says player must start the first game, and team must be scheduled sixteen games. Yeah, those are both very highly questionable at this point. Yep. So I'm probably going to pass on this. Um, but eight twenty five, I don't think is a great. I got some money in Bavada. I'm going to take it. Okay. All right. Eight twenty five okay. is Looney Bin. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, Tampa and New Orleans are going to be tough, man. Um, Polarizing teams. Very, very. I've been all over the map on both teams already this season. It's not even week one yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to feel. I. I think this whole division is kind of tricky as far as getting after regular or like full season bets. Just really, who knows on Tampa Bay, and we're likely not going to get to see that offense go in the preseason. So, yeah, you know what? It'll be it'll be a fun surprise once we get to the season. You know what? I'm just deciding now in response to the fact that I really can't be brought around on either New Orleans or Tampa. I'm going to take a little bit of Falcons to win the South at uh, plus eight twenty five. That's too big. That should be like plus five hundred. I'm not going to put a big bet on it, but I'm going to take a little piece of that. I think they. I think things can break their way. I, I just I'll parlay that with uh, you know early under. <laughs> I like it because I like it because they're like all their tough games are at the end of the season. Like I like it when that happens because who the hell knows who's quarterbacking for you know for New Orleans and for Tampa if, or if those teams are good or if you know things go sideways. You know. Um, yeah, Matt Ryan at thirty five is the. Third oldest, second youngest <laughs> starter in the division. Second youngest starter in the division. Young Matt That's pretty Ryan. Funny. Um, how many MVPs are there in this division? Three. Are there? 
I don't think Drew Brees is ever. Oh won no, 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 He's I, the I, odd I, man out. Yeah, I know. Uh, Cam's gone. Sorry. Cam's yeah, Brees, gone. Brees yeah. has never won one. That's right. That would have been funny if Cam was still the uh, quarterback in Carolina and you had three MVP quarterbacks in Drew Brees. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's terrible. <laughs> He's been such a good player throughout the years. Um yeah, 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 yeah. Bra- yeah, Brady and Ryan won it the year. I mean, the two years preceding Patrick Mahomes winning it. Yeah. And everybody else who's not a quarterback, it looks like he's retired. Yeah. He's won it. Because before that, it was Cam, Aaron, Peyton, AP. Mm. He's still on the on the Washington football team. He is a football team member. <laughs> Which That still kind of chaps my ass. I'm going to put that out there. If I can gripe, gripe about one thing, I, I put some small bets on the – team changed the name to Warriors and they graded it as a loss because they changed it to football team. Yeah, I might actually I hate pissing and moaning about like $25 bets to to their customer service but I kind of want to, I think those should stay I think those should stay open until they actually pick a name. Which I guess technically they're called the NFL or the Washington football team but that's dumb. I don't know if Field I'm was a choice they either. Those. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little miffed. I don't know if Bavada did. I know somebody else did. Dave hmm. Mason. Uh, <laughs> did you uh, chirp on it all about that? Get a little clarification? Not yes. Not yes. I guess I didn't I really read the fine today. print at the time. Um, you know what it probably was? They had to, uh, they had to, you know, they had to grease the wheels to, to pay Joey out on the, um, on the Seattle Kraken bet. So they were like, fuck it, grade these losers. You know what? Bavada still has it open on Washington Warriors. Mm. I'm going to have to use that against him. <laughs> Not even as good as Bovada. Unbelievable. Yeah. How the em- mighty have fallen. Embarrassing, Dave. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's resume. Let's meet up about the same time tomorrow, and we'll talk about the yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yep. And sounds good. New Orleans. Can't wait. All right. Talk to you. Kind of, yep. See you.